Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host for another Premier League show. With me tonight, got the two, the gruesome twosome, uh, starting with Jamie. How are you, mate? I'm all right, man. Thank you. Um, decent weekend. Um, positive result to finish it off. Didn't ruin it for once, so I'm smiling. Talk for yourself, mate. Talk for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> also with me uh, tonight, Graham. How are you, Graham? Yeah, yeah, not bad, mate. Um, bit of a sore head after drowning my sorrows at the weekend. Um, wish I could say the same as Jamie about having a result not ruin your weekend, but there you go. Um, look forward to digesting some of the Premier League chat tonight. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. Makes a makes a change from uh, constantly moaning about our own team, eh? Um, which is a nice little distraction, but. Uh, Let's get right to it then, gents. Um, obviously, since the the show last week, there's been a basically two rounds of fixtures, um, so a lot of football to talk about. But I think the the place to start it, Jamie, would be that you know big clash that we sort of anticipated for for so long uh, at the top of the table, Man City against Arsenal, um, and it ended in tears for Arsenal. It was men against boys in the end. What, what did you make of that one? Uh, last week is that now title over i think first and foremost you stole the exact line i was going to use it was very much boys of it men against boys from the display um city just bossed the game from start to finish in my opinion we we expected them to i think i think i had five nil or five one as a put prediction um so i wasn't too short sure off it um but from from the, from the back right through to the front, I just felt they they bossed that game, um, and they did exactly what we anticipated, which was just control Arsenal really well, um, keep the momentum on their side, and just kind of sweep through them. Um, there wasn't too much contention through the through the course of the game, you know, like 50-50 decisions. It was just very much. Um, a classic goal started off by De Bruyne with his amazing run, um, and just kind of. You know, they went on from there, really. Um, Well-deserved, fully expected. Um, and yes, to question my opinion, title done. Graham, from a, from a, this game, uh, there was so much built up about it. Um, obviously, living down here, there's a lot of Arsenal fans. I think I said in, in the group chat for the game, there's a lot of Arsenal fans that I've, I've bumped into today and they were calling it before it happened. Everyone else was as well, but even their own supporters, I think, had the fear um, going into, into that one. I think it's just sort of typical Arsenal, but that's as good as I've seen Man City as well. For uh, I know they've, they've obviously gone on a really good run, but they were just relentless. Um, Haaland at the pointer as well. They just clicked at the, the right time. Yeah, as you've said, they are a lot, they're absolutely relentless. I think, um, I think if Arsenal had went into this game Without like the pressure was all on them. They had, they know they had to win because yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, man, say up two points behind with two games in hand. Um, if Arsenal win tonight, so yes, Arsenal have the points on the board, and, and I guess that means something. But you look at Man City's running. I think, um, I think if Arsenal had gone there, having not needed the win, if they'd went there, kind of almost affording to lose to Man City. I think you'd have seen a lot closer game. Um, I think, like everyone else, I was really looking forward to watching it last week um, and then quite disappointed by the kind of lack of of competitiveness um, in the match. Look, Man City were class, but when you're seeing first v second and 
in the way Arsenal have, have played this season and, and how the okay the last few games haven't been great, but he, he still expected a wee bit more, to be honest. And I, and I do wonder if that was just down to the, the pressure on them having to win. Yeah. Mason, I know you'll love a start. There's a start I, I, I heard, I think it was a couple of days ago, and in the last five years, in the last 10 games of the season, Man City have gained 145 out of 150 points. Kind of shows the business end of what they're doing at the moment, and that's including the season that they didn't win the chip the Premier League. Well, well Jamie, you'd know more than, than anyone being a, obviously a Liverpool fan, and, and the last few years, this Liverpool mm-hmm. team, as good as this Liverpool team has been, Man City have just been so relentless, and it's just at that business stage of the season. They just Liverpool have been, you know, leading, and you're just expecting City to maybe to have a little slip up here and there, and they just don't. They just manage to just keep churning out them results, and that's why I think I always said at the, you know, that that stage, I just thought that they'd turn the screw just because that experience they've got um, yeah. as well, and, and and they are a phenomenal side once they they get going. Yeah, I think what's different about this season, you, you kind of highlighted the, the you know the, the last few seasons from Liverpool, who have done really really good. Um, you know, I'm going to big up credit to how Liverpool have actually taken them down to one point. You know, losing the league by a point after in the high ninety and you know mid ninety points. Arsenal are nowhere near that points tile at the moment. You know what I mean? So it kind of signifies how good those two seasons have been. At least the one difference, the, the one thing I think what we've seen this season from City. A lot of the time, City have always led going into the last few games, and it's always been see whether or not somebody can catch them up. But they've just City have just been too good. I don't many. I don't remember too many times where City have had to come back and come back from. Graham, keep me right. Was it like seven seven points of a difference? I think they were at one point. Um, you know think, where, where they've yeah. had to chase it down. Um, so, so this is a different. This is a different City in terms of that challenge, in terms of that running. But I think if you look across the team. It is a different city. They've got a new number nine. Grealish is playing a new role. He's he's doing a lot more for the team. You've got John Stones who's playing centre back slash you know defensive midfielder. So they are trying different things, and it's just part of the evolution, isn't it? Um, the the one thing that always stands out is the, is the, the power to spend for for City. You know, the City fans will always give you the the you know the headline that Holland only cost them fifty one million. Yeah, but you pay them about five hundred grand a week. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, I was really impressed with the boy Alvarez at the at, at the weekend. You know, even he offers something different to the way City play. You know, um, as a as a as a as an alternative option. Yeah. City are gonna do what City do, and that's you know, keep keep spending, keep buying the best talent. I think they're gonna have a big summer though. Um, I think there's gonna be a lot that comes from you know, we've still got to see what happens from the, the the charges, the 117 charges that they got for financial fair play. Um, you've also got a few changes in the team that are potentially going to be happening. There's talk Gundogan's going, Bernardo Silva. Um, so, so there is there is um, recruitment to be had, shall we say? But yeah, th- this is their business end of the stage, and and I think you know when we started doing the pod, we were always very much when they hit gear, when they hit the business end, we anticipate that they will be right up there. No, no, spot on. And Graham, just to, to stay on City, Jamie just mentioned it there. They um, they followed up that win against Arsenal with another win on Sunday away at Fulham. To be fair, that it was it wasn't as straightforward as you sort of looked at it. I thought Fulham performed really well, and maybe on a different day they come away with with something. But you know that City just managed to get out there, and it was an absolute screamer by Alvarez, as, as Jamie said there with, with the winner. 
uh, and that's what it needed to take to, to get the three points and make sure they they went to top of the league before obviously tonight's game where Arsenal play against Chelsea. Absolutely, and I think like, I think what it showed is I, I fancied that to maybe be tighter than maybe what some some folk thought, and I think what it definitely shows that like. Look, for me, City are obviously favourites of the title. Everyone knows that. Everyone's saying that. That's, that's fine. But it really does show if Arsenal can just keep keep on their coattails, even if it does go four points or two games in hand. Man City do have a couple of tough away games to finish the season in Brighton and Brentford. And look, you just never know. You, you just never know when the pressure's on. You're playing two teams that have been in really good form all season. So for Arsenal, just to ensure that that Newcastle game's massive, anything mm. dropped, anything dropped, and it is officially over. Like there's no way they can afford to drop anything else. But if they can just keep winning it, you never know. As as seen by that that game at the weekend, it was tight. And yeah, as you say, it, it took a screamer by by Alvarez, who really has got to be one of just for the amount of money they cost, man. He's got to be up there. Mm-hmm. one of the signings of the season as well. It'd be hard to, to discount him. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's mad to think that uh, David Moyes at West Ham uh, 18 months ago decided against signing Alvarez for even cheaper than that. It's, uh, it's, he'd be absolutely kicking himself. But but just to finish on the, the top two then, Jamie, Arsenal obviously played tonight and we're 37 minutes in there, 3-0 up against Chelsea. So it looks like they will go, <laughs> they will go back to the top of the league. Um, but just to follow up what Graham said there, it's just important they've got to win their games. I think all eyes will yeah. be on them. Um, on a Saturday at St James's Park, I think me and you have pretty much wrote that offer, and we we don't see him going there and getting a win. But yeah. it's, it's so important that they do to keep this alive. Yeah. I, I I think it's it's Graham says it itself. There's there's those games. It's the Real Madrid games. It's the it's the fixtures either side of the Real Madrid games. It's probably going to be key for City. I would still expect City to come back to the Premier League and do what they should do, and you know, and get the results. But they're going to be if if you ever predict a slip, shall we say, it's going to be around those kind of fixtures, maybe through rotation that he's forced to do or something. Arsenal don't have that luxury. They're able to just kind of focus on every game, and it's like four finals left for Arsenal really to kind of get this back on. The reality of it is they drop any points now. Um, they're going to be struggling, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, you know, I think game just said the same as well. Excuse me. Um, even De Bruyne was out at the weekend. Um, they changed it around and, and they were able to still pull off the win, luckily. But that's that's what that's what teams like that do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I think it's set to lose now rather than Arsenal's to win. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Graham, moving it on then to the next, um, away from the top two, from the, the next um, teams. I want to go next with third place, uh, Newcastle. Uh, they've had back-to-back wins there, um, away at Everton 4-1. And then following it up uh, with a 3-1 win against Southampton at the weekend, they were they were actually one they were down for quite a, quite a while when it was a case of, you know, breaking Southampton down. But once they did, it could have been any score. Um I know they've spent a bit of money. You know, it's fair to say they've spent a bit of money. But did you see them just keep churning out these results? I watched the game against New, um, against Everton at Goodison Park. I know Everton are an absolute mess and were terrible. But Newcastle, Callum Wilson, and I've got to say Isaac as well. Uh, what a signing. I think me and you already sung his praises. But just the consistency we've had from Newcastle, it's been, it's been really good to see. 
Yeah, it has. You look at the last three results, we've scored 13 goals. So, I mean, the wins are, the wins are emphatic. They're not <laughs> just kind of getting over the line and into the top four. You know, they're, they're really emphatic victories. Um, we'll see them in the Champions League next season. Yeah, they've spent they've spent a lot of money, but they have spent extremely wisely. I think Alexander Izak is unbelievably good. Um, I don't know how long they'll, they'll keep hold of him. Uh, t- to be honest with you, so um, their signings have been great. Maybe Anthony Gordon aside, I'm still not too convinced about him. And <laughs> I know the, I know the celebrations um, from him at Goodison Park obviously did not go down well with uh, with Everton faithful. Uh, so a wee bit of a wee bit of needle there as well, I think. So um, and that that did surprise me for as good as Newcastle are. I'm a wee bit surprised with with Everton. <laughs> The last few results. I mean, that losing four one at home. I think I certainly thought when Sean Dyche got there, I really thought they might turn Goodison into somewhat of a maybe a fortress. Really difficult to beat again at home, and it's not really been the case the last the last few weeks. Um, real worry for them. And I'm I'm quite surprised with how Dyche is doing, but but you can't take it away from Newcastle. Really emphatic victories. It's looking good for them. Yeah, no, it really is. We'll, we'll come to it in a little bit shortly, but but absolutely agree with that. Uh, Jamie, uh, Newcastle, uh, what, what's your thoughts on, on them? And, and I, I want to bring Man United into this as well because they're obviously sitting fourth at the moment. There's a little gap uh, between them them and, and fifth. But do you think that will be the two teams that, that get this Champions League, the, two, the next two Champions League spots after uh, Man City and Arsenal? Everything points to a yes. Do you know what I mean? As, as, as much as I would like to say there's opportunities to, to, to somebody to make a late charge, you know, and it's just not going to happen. The, 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 the big shift at Newcastle that I've seen um, is that you kind of expect them to get the three points now. It's not whether or not, you know, how they're going to bounce back. And they went through a bit of a sticky patch where they were drawing games and they weren't getting goals and they kind of dried up. But then Isak started turning up again and he started getting his goals in. Even Joel Linton's chipped in the last couple of, couple of games now with a few goals. Um, so they're still scoring plenty. Callum Wilson was, uh, I think he was a sub. I think he came on at half time at the weekend and, and even he managed to get um, a, a couple and also had one ruled out. So as Graham said, it's not they're not they're not limping across the line here. They're emphatically actually doing this. They're getting twos and threes in each game now. And that's the bit that you're kind of starting to expect. And that's a big, big shift in what you expect from a Newcastle team, in my opinion, because the defence... The defense is a lot, a lot stronger now. Um, you know, Trippier, Pope. I'm a big fan of Botman. I think he's brilliant. Um, even even Fabian Shaw's getting they're getting a tune out of Fabian Shaw. Um, I'm really impressed with the defense more so than their attack. Um, but yeah, they've been brilliant. Um, United. I'm impressed they actually got the win. Um, they they're the first team to stop. I'm writing saying uh, Unai Emery's um, Aston Villa from scoring. Um, they're the first team to stop them. I actually thought I thought that was both teams to score on the coupon all day long because of the how uh, Aston Villa have been playing. But um, yeah, Man United got the win. Um, we'll say Villa were unlucky. They had a got they had a good few chances, um, but. Uh, yeah, you would expect you would expect Man United now to finish um, with Newcastle in those top four spaces. Yeah, uh, no, you put on there. I think every week I was saying every time Villa scored, I said, "Oh, there's another game." Uh, that run continues. <laughs> but, but Graham, just on Man United, I, I don't actually think we've spoke much uh, for a while about Man United, and 
the sort of season they've had. Um, again, I know they've he's thrown a lot of money at it, uh, Ten Hag, but what have you made of, of him in, in his first season? He, he, listen, he could come away with two trophies, and I've seen the big debate on Twitter of the Arsenal Man United fans saying, Man United fans saying, listen, if we finish fourth, get Champions League, and maybe win a trophy or two, we've had a better season than Arsenal and everyone's been sort of raving about them. So what, what, what do you make of that? I, do, I completely agree if, if Arsenal finish second. There's, there's no question um, finishing fourth and winning two trophies is better than coming away empty-handed and runner-up. Runner-up's nothing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That, that's, that's not a thing. It's a failure. I, I completely agree. There's been a few people saying oh, it'll still be a successful season. But in my opinion, it won't. Arsenal fans, okay, maybe, um, obviously for such a, a long period of time, they're so used to winning. They're still a, they're still a club that, that, with a fan base that demands success. So um, that will be a failure if they don't win, in my opinion. Uh, they've got a team that's capable and it's just the results in, in this kind of uh, home stretch that's, that's undone them. Um, but yeah, really impressed with Man U and I think we've said it before nobody expected them to challenge the title but I think next next season if they make the right moves in the transfer window we, we really might see them um, a lot closer to Man City and, and Arsenal so I think next season <clears throat> if Liverpool get their act together as well we, we could maybe see a, a three or four team um, title challenge and then who knows what, what Newcastle might do so next season could be really really exciting um, at the top end of the table uh, so yeah we'll see we'll see no you make a really good point now I think to, for, for Ten Hag I think what he's done is the same we just said about Eddie Howe is he's got to tune out the players that, that were already there okay yeah he has recruited but look at Rashford and the, and the run he's had um, I think the the worry probably for Man United is going back to last week where they drew two at Spurs. That's how good they can be for the first half, but then also second half it can completely flip. It's how he recruits and gets them performing like that for, for the ninety minutes. But but it's like timing, Jamie. I've come on to, to the next thing I want to talk about is it's your team back to back wins. It was a tough one. I watched the the game uh, against West Ham last week. Um, it, was a, it was a tough one to come. I thought West Ham played quite well and was probably in, in there, so quite unlucky to come up, not come away with something. But good win for Liverpool, and then again backed it up at the weekend. Probably I want to say game of the weekend, but um, <laughs> I, I thought the Palace uh, West Ham one and the early kickoff Saturday was up there as well. I thought that was a two teams going at it. But um, yeah, what what are you making of your your own team at the minute? But but you know, most of all, it's it's two wins that you really really needed. Yeah, um, you know, for the West Ham game. I went into the game hoping to get a positive result purely on the basis that we'd done so well at home, um, but not done it away from home. Um, London's obviously always a special place to go to. West Ham were kind of rejuvenated after the win before it, so you don't know how what kind of Liverpool's going to turn up. Um, but Cody Gakpo is arguably one of our players at the moment of you know of since since he came in he's been absolutely top notch he really has his ball control for such a big lad is second to none he was brilliant in the west ham game um and i i thought we marshaled that game out pretty well even joel matip obviously with his winner um it was great to see him get a bit of positivity because his last few games for us he's been hauled off it after 60 minutes for being absolutely honking um 
and then the game at the weekend, I, I always thought we were going to win the game at the weekend, purely on the basis of how shit Tottenham have been. Um, but 3-0 up after 15 minutes and half of their fans are already starting to leave. I was I was, uh, I was, was doing knee slides in the pub um, already at that point. Um, it was brilliant. And then I, I felt like I closed my eyes for the next 60 minutes uh, because it was like, what the fuck just happened? And if there was ever an advert to a goal, explain that season in a, in, a, in a nutshell it's like just watch that game it was brilliant we blew them away for 30 minutes and then they blew us away for, th- for for 60 minutes um the ending um i would have had to sit here and take my licks if rich olsen scored that equalizer um and gained a point for them bearing in mind he'd not actually scored yet for the in the premier league for um for tottenham um, but Jota to get his winner was very, very bittersweet um, and made a successful end. And I know you're obviously going to ask me a couple of questions about Diogo Jota and so forth. Um, but very, very happy to come away with those points. Um, and it, it, it kind of sets us up for the remainder of the season, really. We've got four games now, um, four winnable games, in my opinion. Um, and we're expecting now because of the amount of goals that we're still going to score. Uh, nah, Graham, I just on Godi, uh, <laughs> easy. Godi. Um, he, he does look like a real player, and again, at a really good age, you've got Jota scoring again. Um, Liverpool will be, be absolutely fine next season. I think we've said many a times their, their midfield is the main issue, and, and recruiting there that you know, we, we, you just said a minute ago, they could be another one, you know, contending for the title quite quickly next season. It'll be down to their, their recruitment. Um, before we obviously cut up, we will spend quite a big time talking about Spurs. But what did you make of Liverpool uh, on the game uh, at the weekend? Yeah, I can but agree with what most most of what um, Jamie said. Gakpo is obviously we'd seen him earlier in the season. PSV could see what kind of player he was then, and and it's and I mean he's he's really stepped up to the, the Premier League. It maybe took him you know, a wee bit of time to settle, um, and then when he can kind of netted his first few goals he's he's just went from strength to strength so he does look a really good player obviously you've, you've touched on the fact yeah the midfield's going to be key for Liverpool in the summer it just depends the thing is to get your elite elite level players the money you need to spend is sickening so it, it depends whether Liverpool go all out and try and sign one or one or maybe two. I mean, I don't know. Jamie would be able to tell you better whether they need two or three players. Probably in, in midfield um, would would probably mm-hmm. be what they're looking for. So you can't go out and get the most elite just because of money. So it'll be interesting to see maybe what scouting and what players they went for. Um, I would imagine that Bellingham's probably not a realistic target for them purely because of the money. I'm sure he would go, but I just don't see Liverpool splashing out that sort of cash in one player so um big summer big summer and it'll be it'll be good to see um who they who they go for can i just say so obviously on the bellingham thing I, i'm like i'm this kid my biggest fan like i think he's absolutely tremendous he's he's probably the next gerard if you, you know when you talk about stature and what he can become everybody forgets how, how young this lad is and and, and the, the, the level he's playing at right now i was very much an advocate of just go out and get him. Don't care what it does, what it means, just go out and get him. We knew it was going to be realistically three figures in terms of like 120, 130 million pounds that they were talking about. 
we've obviously left it late to go out and buy midfields and we've got ourselves in this situation. So there's a lot of discontent um, from the fan base at the moment, especially against the owners because of all that situation. And I was probably in that camp up until, you know, it was kind of put to me in a different way and I heard it. And it was one of the guys on one of the Liverpool podcasts and he said, if Liverpool have got £200 million to spend and they spend 120 of it on, on, on Jude Bellingham, now bearing in mind, we're losing four midfielders in the winter in the, in the summer. Milner's off to Brighton. Naby Keita's off to Germany. Um, Oxlade is going to be a free agent. Um, and there's a couple of youngsters that are essentially going to be moving on. So, so we need options. Bringing in Bellingham for 120, 130 million. If he did his ACL in the first game of the season, we'd be stuck up the shit creek because we've just put all our eggs in one basket. And see, when you think about it like that, I completely get it. I understand it. So now, as Graham says, we're not in the market for an elite midfielder at this moment in time. We need the Champions League money back. We're not going to make Champions League. That's a pretty much a hundred million pound that we're not going to get next season. So they can't afford to go out and do all that on Bellingham. So I fully and I fully expect um, that you know what they'll do is they'll shop around. They'll probably bring in three midfielders around about the fifty million mark. Um, and the, and and the, t- the two favourites, shall we say, at the moment is uh, McAllister from from Brighton. Apparently, that's a sixty million done deal. Um, it, it so coincides with the fact that James Milner's apparently just signed a pre-contract with Brighton um, to probably sweetens the deal a little bit for them, considering they did the same with Lalana a few years ago back. Um, and uh, they're, they're also potentially looking at the lad at Sporting, Ugarte, um, central midfielder, who, again, is another good solid midfielder. So they're not going to go out and spend $100 million play- on a player like Mason Mount, who's been talked about for £80 million. Pound. I just don't see it. I probably see us going out and spending, you know, 120 million on maybe three midfielders. We need another goalkeeper um, because Kelleher's going to be sold on, and we'll probably need another central defender as well because we're probably going to let some of the, shall we say, the the, the squad players, um, yeah, yeah, Nat Phillips, um, Reese Williams kind of players, probably move on. So that'll probably be where our transfers will be. Yuri Tillemans on a tree has got to be one that Liverpool look at, considering the amount of players that midfielders quality. I think that's got to be a no-brainer, isn't it? Just I'm a big fan of him. I, I really like him. I, he's he's a good international player. He plays for one, you know, one of the top European teams in the European countries. Um, he is very box to box. Um, he was proper shit last night, right enough in the, in the game against Everton. But I think he's just put, he's already on the beach. He's just one of these ones that's already on the beach, and he knows he's he knows he's got a free transfer somewhere. So I'd be surprised if we haven't at least thought of him. Yeah, I think I think he's one he'll have a lot of offers, Yuri Tillemans. Um But but Graham, uh, this this will be the fun bit. I think I think for tonight, um, we're going to talk about Spurs um, for for a little while. Um, Ryan Mason's comments after the game at the weekend. Um, why, why on earth has he got the job again? Uh, for one, what what is going on with these football clubs that have got all the money in the world? Yet the decision making is just it, it, again. I know it's the end of the season, but he's been there already and and he didn't do anything. I can't. I just can't get my head around it. But they're just conceding goals for fun at the moment. Um, I think whoever goes in there in the summer needs to get rid of Eric Dyer, and that would be a good good start. Um, to to because they just said another game they've gone three 0 down. What fifteen minutes? Was it fourteen minutes? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you're looking at it thinking this is going to be Newcastle all over again. And, and it could have happened, you know, in the week against Man United. I think Man United were really poor second half, but. What, what, what is happening at Tottenham and, and what are they what are they going to do to turn it around? 
it's the year of the it's the year of the, the holding manager. I mean, it it must be something like I'm just looking at the league table, and it's some like five, maybe five of the clubs in the English Premier League have caretaker managers just now until the end of the season. I think it's wild. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just don't get how the clubs the size of Chelsea, Tottenham. If you're signing a manager, why you're not just going out and getting somebody? Get to know the team, get to know the squad, um, and then surely that puts you ahead of a rebuild in the summer. So, yeah, Ryan Mason is there because he's a well-thought-of coach at Tottenham. Um, he's probably good at what he does. He's not somebody that's maybe set up for, for managing a big club like Tottenham. But he's there to do the best that he can, I guess, until the end of the season. Um, not an easy feat just now with what's going on at Tottenham. But I just think the Premier League is a fucking shit show just now. It is an absolute shit show with some of the, the managerial um, stuff going on in, in Tottenham. I like the absolute peak of that. I mean, even Chelsea just now losing three and a half time to Arsenal um, is insane. <laughs> I, I wonder the last time they... I think that they'll lose. That will be their six or years. seven, six or seven games in a row. I mean, it's insane. So you've got these clubs with these caretaker <clears throat> managers. It's just ridiculous. Just go out. If you're going to sack a manager, most clubs will have a will have a list compiled of managers, you know, if they're doing their job right, of they'll always think what happens if we sack a manager or a manager gets poached. Go out and get yourself a manager. None of this caretaker nonsense. So I have zero sympathy at all with it, with any of these clubs or some of the results because how they're being managed just now, it's just insane. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And, and you make a point about the, you know, not just Spurs, you've got Chelsea as well that are even worse. Um, but, but Jamie, on Spurs, do you still think this will be a big pull for a manager in the summer? Um, do you still think someone will look at this and think, no, I'll go in there and, and I'll turn this around? I mean, I mean, a top manager. But, and, and, and sure, I, think, I think it's already done. Yeah. Nagelsmann. I think it's already done. I, I think Nagelsmann's already done. I think the problem is, is that um, there's stipulations in his contract with Bayern that if Tottenham were to buy him now, now I'm I'm pulling pure numbers out of my head, but from what I understand is, if Tottenham were to go and pay 15 million for him, they could probably get him for eight million at the end of the season because it's the end of the season. It's something to do with his contract. Why else would they just, you know, if 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 Tottenham are surely not arguing over maybe two or three million in a transfer policy for a manager to bring him in and get him in because of what's happening. And it's the same with Chelsea. So my understanding is that there's 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 parameters on the current contracts that prevents them from signing with somebody as it stands now. However, they can talk to them. So I think Nagelsmann's already been done. Um I think it's just they've got to wait until the end of the season before buy and accept the bid. Um the, the Chelsea one's slightly different because it's Pochettino. For some reason, Pochettino just doesn't want to take over just yet. So that's a completely different kettle, but it's kind of like with Graham. No sympathy for these teams. Um, Tottenham will always be a big pull. Chelsea will always be a big pull. Anybody in the Premier League will be a big pull, purely for the fact. And I, I'll give you the example. So the talking today about Sam Allardyce is taking over Leeds. Apparently he's going to be paid six hundred grand for four games, six hundred grand for four games. Whether they, and, and, a, and a million posts up. Like, what manager in the right mind wouldn't take that? Do you know what I mean? Like, some managers don't know what job they're going to get next. So, if you know you're going to get half a year's contract in the space of uh, in the space of you know five weeks, 
yeah, Tottenham are always going to be a pull. Um, you know, so are Chelsea. I don't think there's going to be any issues with the with how they how they, it's just a waiting game of when they can get them in as opposed to if. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I just think these clubs have run the way that Tottenham and Chelsea have been run. Uh, Chelsea recently, but even Spurs, they've gone for the Mourinho's and the Conte's, and it just hasn't worked out. Another big name, you know, in Nolan, really, I still think he's got a lot to prove, but maybe that'll be a better fit. I think I think time will, will tell. Graham, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably jump across a few teams between the two uh, uh, now because otherwise we'll be we'll be here for a long, long time. But <laughs> I'll, I'll come to you, Graham, with, with Aston Villa. Um, Europa League's got to be their their main target now. Um, I think they can still technically make Champions League, but it's you know with the games that are, that are left, and I don't I don't think that will happen. They they beat Fulham one nil uh, during the week, and as we said, you know got beat uh, got beat against Man United at the weekend, but. What an achievement it would be if Emery can steer Aston Villa into to the Europa League, considering where they were when he when he took over. Yeah, unbelievable achievement. I think it was a long shot anyway. But if they had beat Manu at Old Trafford, you know the, the the fourth place could have well and truly been been on and been realistic because of formula. And I think I think since Emery took charge, or it might be certainly since the turn of the year. Um, they're in the top four on form in the Premier League, so it's not like it's completely unrealistic that they couldn't have continued that and, and maybe squeezed in. It would have been really tight. I think they would have that if that would have taken them a point behind. It shows what a big win it was for Man U, to be honest. So yeah, um, they're now in seventh. I think Tottenham are just in the downward spiral, obviously. So I would expect them to to, to finish top six, especially in the form they're on. I, I don't think that loss to Man U is going to completely derail them in any way. So uh, it'd be an unbelievable achievement. And yep, to get in the Europa League, I'm sure their fans would be delighted. No one would have no one would have thought that was, was possible when, when Emery took over. So it's been an absolutely brilliant season for them. Let's let's be honest. And he's got them playing playing really well. Yeah, it would be. And I've seen some of the night the players link with, with Aston Villa in summer. I think I think they're going to kick on again under Emery. I think it's a really exciting time for Aston Villa. And to be fair, they are. I think you've said it before, Graham. They are, you know, a, a big club, and that's kind of where we expect them to be. And they've they've underachieved for for such a long time. Um, Jamie, I'll come to you with Brighton though. Um, actually, looking at the table today, I didn't realise they've got three games in hand. Yeah. Uh, which the way you know, I, I know they had a blip there. Away at Nottingham Forest last week, um, you know they had the, the disappointment of the semi-final against Man United, and then uh, lost three-one uh, to Forest away. But then bounced back with a six-nil win at the weekend, and it looked like every time they went forward, that uh, they looked like they was going to score. Um, again, you know, you, you've got if you're a Brighton fan, you've got to, you've got to be looking at Europa League the same same as Aston Villa. That's got to be, yeah. uh, you know, the season we've had. You, you've got to finish it off now. Yeah, and the impressive thing was is that they could afford to leave McAllister, Matomo and Sully March, three of their arguably best players this season, on the bench um, and only came on about 60, 70 minutes in. By that time, they were already fours and fives up. I'm really impressed with the young lad up front in, in CISO. It just seems to have popped out of nowhere. It looked as though they just spent absolute peanuts on um, and is getting a tune out of him. Um, but, yeah, Brighton are just... Arguably one of the teams of the season for me. Um, I think they've been absolutely brilliant. Even Danny Welbeck's playing at his skin at the moment. Um, they've got a big game. I think they play uh, Man United tomorrow night. 
Um, and then they've got Everton at the weekend, so um, it's it'll be. I think tomorrow night's one of the one of the games in hand. So, um, and I think they play. I think they play Tottenham soon as well, um, and um, Man City. So Brighton have got to say in this in, in this title running as well. Nobody would want to, you know, nobody would want to go to St James's Park. Brighton at the moment, they're the two outside of the top two that you just don't want to touch. Um, Brighton have been brilliant. I'm really impressed with them. Lewis Dunks, um, he's, he's normally a big stalwart at the back. And what, what I've been impressed with is that he's changed his goalkeeper halfway through the season. The boy Sanchez has been absolutely brilliant all season and there must have been some kind of fallout because he came out and publicly said that um, he wasn't training um, and the boy Luke Steele was being brought in and Steele just kind of picked up the reins and carried on um, where Sanchez was doing. So he's... Uh, He's, he's got a real good tune out of them, uh, Deserby, um, and, and they've been brilliant. They have. They really have. And it's joy watching. It was it was nice, actually, to see uh, ex-Rangers player Billy Gilmore get a start at the weekend and come away with man of the match. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan of Billy Gilmore, and apparently he was he was excellent. So um, no, I hope I hope Brighton do go, go and get it. They've, they've been excellent this season, as you said, Jamie. Um, Graham, next one I want to touch on that is, is Brentford. They uh, beat Chelsea at the bridge um, during the week. I feel like everyone's doing that lately, but they were they were very, they were very, very good, um, to, to be fair. Um, and then they managed to, to turn it around late, late doors against Forest at the weekend with a 2-1 win. Um, so that's back-to-back wins for them. Um, and, they're you know, again, they're just I expected. I think they had a little bit of a rocky road sort of. Three week, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I thought oh, they're they're on holiday, but they've uh, they've managed to turn it around. And Ivan Tony as well. I just I know he's of. I think we've said before he's got this. You know what happens with the betting hanging over him, but I'll be so surprised if if one of the the bigger clubs don't don't take a gamble on him pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely, King. Brentford's a funny one. I feel like almost. They've not really been spoke about recently. Everyone was totally obviously aware at the start of the season. Oh, Brentford are looking good, but they're almost just flying under the radar in a way. There's a, there's so much else going on in the Premier League with managerial roundabouts, with title challenges, tight relegation race. Brentford are almost flying under the radar. And the job Thomas Frank's done is is sensational. So I think with Ivan Tony, you know, keeping Thomas Frank could could be difficult. So. It's, it's good, good for England as well. I mean, you've got Ivan Tony and you've got Ollie Watkins, two, uh, two mm-hmm. banging form players, and I think it will be difficult for for both teams to keep hold of them. You know, I, I see like sorry, I know we're talking about Brentford, but when we're talking <laughs> about Tony and, and Watkins, Watkins um, linked to Bayern Munich him today, obviously that, that'd be wild. But um, I think uh, I think Ivan Tony will, will be just as hard to to keep and it will be a huge loss for Brentford but they would need to follow the same path as Brighton who have lost a lot of their big players um, over the last year or so and, and have managed to um, to replace them and Brentford are likely to have to do that this summer so uh, but brilliant season for them and yeah hopefully it continues yeah, no, it is, and, and their recruitment. I think I think I said before their recruitment's been been excellent. I think if t- Tony does go, I've got no doubt that the, if they keep the manager there, that is, I think they'll re- recruit well again. Um, Southgate, well, Southgate still won't pick either one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably not. He's absolutely useless. Um, but 
but uh, you know, Fulham two defeats for them. They're, they're still tenth. Um, but Jamie, I think I th- actually I'll come to both of you on this because uh, we we love a bit of. I think we were both we was all shocked when Roy Hodgson was a, was appointed uh, reappointed at Palace. Mm-hmm. I think all obsmacked. Um, but he's got them absolutely flying. They had a disappointing result to Wolves midweek, and we'll, we'll come to Wolves in a minute. Um, but then at the weekend, they scored four goals at home. I don't know when the last time Palace side done that. Um, but the player I want to, that, that, that really stood out for me was Eze. Uh, at least they wasn't, he had a good game, but he wasn't sort of as influential as, as Eze. But um, if I was a Palace fan, I'd be looking at it and saying, Roy, do you fancy another year? Because they are, they have really turned it around. Yeah, Graham was the only one out of a lot of us that was champion Vieira to get punted. He was also the only one that was champion that Hudson was to be brought in. So kudos to Graham. Um, I did say after the first game, though, like Hudson looks about 12, 20 years younger than when he retired. Um, it's absolutely mental to, you know, when we're talking about so many, so many managerial casualties. Go back two years ago, his name was always the first name that he always talked about with a potential, you know, always going to be moving on at the end of the summer. Um, it's mad some of the some of the some of the performances he's getting out of this. And I was listening to him do um do an interview the other day and they were asked they, they said to him, you know, what what have you done that Vieira wasn't doing? And he was very diplomatic. He's like, I'm not doing anything, I'm just giving the lads belief. But he was talking about some of the ninety you percent know, of that squad he signed. He was there when he signed them. So so the, the, there is no embedding for them. They they know him already. They already respect him. Um, Zaha even talks really positively about him. Zaha is now back playing. I think he got the goal at the weekend as well. These are Hodgson players. These are these are the kind of this is the kind of style of football he probably is always wanting to play with them. Ezzy's just kind of come out of nowhere though this season. He, he he was did really well last season, but he was always he was always getting injuries, and there was never kind of consistency between him and Elise. Um We haven't seen much of Ezzy. In the earlier part of this season, but since Christmas, he's he's really turned up. He's been in bang on form, um, and he's arguably one of the players in form at the moment. Um, he's 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 so young as well, but he, he's playing arguably some of his best football. So it's great to see. Graham, I'll just bring you in on on that as well with, with Crystal Palace. As Jamie said, there you was the one that said no, don't care what 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 everyone's saying. Get Vera out. The record's been poor. And you yep. could understand the appointment of um, a reappointment of Hodgson when, to be fair, Steve Parrish was getting a lot of stick for it. And there was a lot of questions, even by the way. So, fair play. Yeah, look, the the form Palace were in under Vieira was atrocious. Uh, let alone not winning games. They, I think one of you guys might have said that they didn't have a shot in target for about five I'm games. Or four games, yeah. Four games, yeah. I mean, that is wild, absolutely insanity. So I heard a few pundits saying oh, that they should never have got rid of Vieira. Look at um, Hodgins came in and the results would have turned. I mean, I don't know what they've been smoking to think that Vieira would have got this out of this team. What, what Hodgins done at Palace and, and why they were a bit different and just getting kind of somebody, somebody like Hodgson in in the meantime is because their squad... It's a good squad with really busting with some really good young talent, and it just needed a bit of a bit of fire under their belly, and, and that will be a big one for them this summer. And getting the right manager in, I, I wouldn't have thought Hodgson's going to stay on. I think um, I, I saw him interviewed with David Moyes before the the Palace West Ham game, and it certainly sounds as mm-hmm. if um, you know he's seventy five now, and I think retirement 
is back on his radar by the sounds of it. So it'll be a big summer for them. It'll be interesting to see what manager will go because I think they're, I think they're a really attractive proposition. I like Palace. I like their fans, and, and they've got a lot of really good players. So um, big big summer for them. The one the one I heard was apparently they were they were actually seriously considering uh, Brendan Rodgers because obviously he wasn't being looked at for the Tottenham or the Chelsea game. Uh, Chelsea gig, sorry. So that Brendan Rodgers, as much as I'm not Brendan Rodgers' fan, I can see that kind of a manager coming in at Palace and doing doing a job for them. I think that'd be a good appointment for Palace, by the way. I yeah, that's what I mean. Um, no, that will be an interesting one. And as I said, I, I totally agree. I think they've got a lot of good young players there and just their recruitment. I think Vieira may be in the end sort of let him down, but... Um, yeah, be be interesting to see what happens. And Jamie, last one before we come to the the relegation uh, battle, and, and I feel like that's been a theme. It's, it's been mm-hmm. tightened down there. I should probably throw Chelsea in this one as well because I think uh, <laughs> they're not out of it yet. Um, no, I think they will be. But but they they've I've, I've, we've said it a couple of times. Obviously, you know, we said about the, the Brentford defeat at home. They're three 0 down, fifty five minutes against Arsenal now. Frank Lampard, mate, like just call it a day. Um, and and what, what is going on there? The, the, the only thing that can make this even more comical is if there's an announcement in the morning that says Sam Allardyce has turned down Leeds United and he's accepted Chelsea job <laughs> you know, for a million for four four games. Like that could be the only comical thing that's coming in, honestly. I've got I've got to say, by the way, yeah, they're three 0 down, they're gonna lose today. See see how the last five games, right? I don't know if you've looked at the fixtures. The, the last three games in the seasons, away to Man City, away yep. to Man United, at home in Newcastle. You're like, I know we're, jo- I know we're, I know we're joking about the relegation thing, but honestly, <laughs> they go they go to Bournemouth, who have, who have certainly proved me wrong and shut me up uh, in their next game. You're like, Bournemouth are on good form. Chelsea have lost seven in a row. I mean, it's the Forest, Forest at home is the, the, the game that they're going to need to get them above that 40 point mark. I think. It's, 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 it's mad as well that we've just said that Chelsea are facing the sixth defeat in a row, which is the worst record in 30 years. But there's arguably three teams worse than them at the moment, which is absolutely scandalous. <laughs> but they're sitting on 39 points at the moment. I think that's enough. I think there's. I think teams are going to stay up with about 34, 35 points this season. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not in the camp of uh, dooming them that much. However, I do believe this could be their worst position season ever because I think they're sitting 12th at the moment. I think, but it's only by goal difference. Um, and as Graham's just highlighted, they've got some really tough fixtures. Even if they lost all those, I still think they finish about 16th. <laughs> You know, um, they're in free fall, but it's just, it's absolutely crazy what's going on at Chelsea at the moment. Um, I was like you, I thought they would sneak a 1-0 win at the weekend because I thought Brentford might have been on the ho- on, on the holidays already. But the moment the, you know, the notification started flashing up, I'm like, wow. And and, and when you've seen the re- when you've seen the highlights on match of the day, Brentford weren't even lucky. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Ch- Chelsea were absolutely poor. Um I gave Chelsea a bit of a help tonight. I thought they would have pulled off a draw tonight because of how frail Arsenal might have been. They were good for about seven minutes and they've just been blown away in the next seven minutes. You know, Frank Lampard jokes aside, this Chelsea team's absolutely shocking at the moment. Yeah, it really, really is. And they might as well have just left Graham Potter in charge, to be honest. To the rest <laughs> of the I honestly yeah. don't think it, 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 it'd be where they I don't think, I think he was he was struggling big time, but it's got even it's got even worse. Big, big problems there. 
looking at Lampard's record, um, I think one of the guys sent oh, in the chat, looking at his record before tonight, his last 19 games as a manager, um, he's only won mm-hmm. one, drew two, and lost 16 in the, his last 19 games. I mean, that is abysmal. abysmal. And yeah. to, to take over Chelsea and to be on this losing streak, I don't care who he's played, I don't, it is unacceptable. The fans will be in absolute The amount of money they've spent, the players they have, is criminal. So, yeah, mm-hmm. look, of course they're not going to get relegated, but I'm not surprised people are poking fun at it because you're looking at the last five games, and honestly, Forest at home, even a Forest of battling relegation, with, with the, the games they have left, I think it's not inconceivable they, they could they could maybe, if you're lucky, get three points out of those last few games and finish maybe 11th or 12th. I mean, it's horrendous for <laughs> It's laughable, to be honest with you. Um, but, gents, uh, the, the, the big news uh, today and, and and yesterday, the news broke, Jamie. I know, Graham, I'll, I'll stay with you with this one. Um, is Leeds look to, to sack Garcia and uh, appoint Big Sam. Um what, what's your thoughts on that, uh, first and foremost? Um, just, just on Leeds, they're conceding for, for fun as well. It was a 4-1 defeat to Bournemouth at the weekend. Um, you know, before that, it was, a, it was a defeat to Fulham. So, you know, this late, is it too late, Graham? Well, look, the, I don't think getting has been confirmed unless I've missed it in the last few hours, but I, I think Grazia is still in charge, as it is. I think... Um, to get somebody in, and it's looking like Sam Allardyce, which I think we all probably had a good chuckle at, for four games. I mean, I think at that point now, I was bemused when they hired Javi Grazia anyway. I didn't think it was a great appointment. I thought it was really strange. I think, I just think at four games to go, like, I don't know if you're as well keeping somebody in charge. I don't know, like, what Sam Allardyce coming in to do for four four games, other than earn three million or whatever they're saying he would if he kept them up. I think it's crazy. I think that Leeds might survive just because of the other teams below them not picking up enough points. Uh, I think, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It looks like it's a done deal. Maybe it'll be announced maybe tonight, tomorrow and yeah, see what happens. Sam Allardyce, what we West Brom, he came in and, and they still got relegated. I think that that never worked for West Brom, and I don't know. I think it's a massive risk, and yeah, we'll just just need to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, it's no way. It's got to the point where I think we said earlier with the managerial changes, just nothing shocking enough. It's just as you said, it's just a lot. You just see that. They've confirmed today the guy that does the hiring of the managers has left. Yeah. Um, he's he's left. So the, the the next expectation will be having Grazia follows him once they've got his contract sorted. But um, it's it the, the thing that baffles me. I mean, we, we could chuckle about it, right? But like Jesse March was brought in to do a thing. He's got a very distinct way of playing, and he was doing that with them last season and very much into this season. It wasn't great, but he had them set up in a certain way. Javier Grazia doesn't play the same way. So the players have had to change and adapt, if you like. Maybe it's not working, whatever you want to say. 
Allardyce has got a very specific type of play as well. And it's definitely nothing like Jesse Watch and Javier Garcia. It's all about defence. It's all about overloading, getting the high balls in, um, you know, back to the old 90s-style football. That's very much not Leeds either. Like, Leeds are very much a traditional attacking team, counter-attack, flood the midfields. Is that really Sam Allardyce? I mean, asking him to change that in four days, and four games, sorry, I, it's an absolutely crazy one. It really is. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I've read today that it'd be two and a half million they'd give Sam Allardyce if he keeps them up. That's it. That's why he's going to be taking it. But yeah, it's, it's bonkers. The secret there shaking your head. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? The money, the money that's getting thrown about in the Premier League is just, and it's it's not working. It's not working as well. It's absolutely no. bonkers. Um, I said that we're running out of time, so I won't go through sort of everyone in this relegation. There's still so many teams that could go down, but one I'm just going to rule out, I think we would all agree, and, and please uh, shout out if, if not, I think we would agree that Southampton are gone. Uh, they had a, yes. a one nil defeat um, midweek to, to Bournemouth. Uh, Marcus Tavernier with a goal who looks like a, a really a good little player. And then um, they were one nil up, as we said earlier, at Newcastle and, and crumble and, and defeat 3 0. So I think we can all agree that they're gone. Um, Graham, the next one I, I want to talk to you about is Everton, um, and I'm sure Jamie will have something to say about this one as well. But they're without a win in the last seven. You said earlier about Sean Dyche and, and the change that you thought you'd, you'd see from Everton at home, especially. Um, it's just just not happening. Um, last night they drew two with Leicester. It was a, a six pointer. That old phrase uh, last night and uh, Calvert Lewin's missing sitters. Um, it was just, it was, uh, to be fair, away from home a point, you know, but they're just not picking up wins. So I really fear for Everton. I think this could be the year they do go down. Yeah, I don't think you'll be the only one thinking that either. Um, I think some fans might already be consigned to it. It's It's been a surprise. I genuinely thought they would, under Dice they would pick up more than enough points, certainly at home. I think they would have maybe... When he first came in, I think, say, one, two out of his first three games, two of them at Goodison Park. I honestly thought that that sort of uh, consistency would, would continue and at Goodison Park especially. And I just, I'm really surprised to see a Sean Dyche Everton get mauled 4-1 at home by Newcastle, regardless of their playing. It's just Everton, Goodison Park, really tough place to go in. I think that's the biggest concern. And certainly looking at the next game away to Brighton, then you've got Man City at home chasing the title, uh, Wolves away and Bournemouth at home. So, look, yes, they for me, they're capable of getting points, certainly in three out of those four games. They really, obviously, that Bournemouth game at the end of the season is an absolute must. I think Wolves are so up and down just now as well. Yeah, conceivably, they could they could go there and win, but it is so tight down there. Um, they certainly, they're, they're certainly going to need some luck, and it's just a case of whether your Nottingham Forest and Leeds, for example, are going to be worse in, in save Everton by their their results. It's 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 so tight. Yeah, really. It's so it's so hard to call call down there, Jamie. Just, you know, I know you have something to say about about Everton there, but. But yeah. it, it's just it's just not working at the moment. Yeah, and and, and you know, if you touched on it there as well, when Dice come in, um, they got an immediate reaction. Do you remember they actually they were the first team to beat Arsenal? Do you remember they beat Arsenal one 0 on the on the opening game of the Saturday? And I've just checked it there. That was fourteen games ago, and only and since then they've only won two of the games. 
that's mad that they've you know they've including that fixture against Arsenal. Even on the dice, they've only had two further wins out of a out of an additional fourteen. Last night was probably the only game where I can actually say they gave it a go. Like like it was end to end. It as you said, it was a six pointer. It was a bigger point for Everton than what it, than what it was for Leicester. Um, but it doesn't shock me. Um, Everton stayed up. I think I said last week. Everton stayed up on the last game of the season last year. Um, on after the after the three two win in like the eighty third minute or something, and the investment in the team was pretty much next to nothing. You know, from when that team started. Um, so for me, they were always going to be a contender to be back in that mix. Um, I'll agree. I was secretly a bit pissed off when they brought in Daesh because I thought Daesh is a bit of a a good appointment for them. Even as much as Colin, um, you know, named it Dice Ball, um, and 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 for some reason they were starting to get a tune. And as I said, he got the first game, the Everton, uh, the Arsenal game, got a win. You think fuck, but no, they've been absolutely on consent. And they've been, you know, I think the bottom three as it stands right now is the bottom three that goes down, um, regardless of what happens, just purely for the fact of the fixtures. I think looking at the looking at the fixtures again, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Southampton are down. Yeah. I think even if they may, yeah, they might get maybe a win here or there in the last four games, maybe, but they're certainly not going to get enough to, to keep them up. And that next game um, is away to Forest. And for me, that is m- for Forest. Hmm. In my opinion, if they lose at home at Southampton, I think Forest are down. I think if you can't beat Southampton at home, who are brought bottom of the league, uh, league, I think Forest will go down. So if they can win that, then <clears throat> your Everton's, your Leeds, your Leicester's are so bang in trouble as well. So that's going to be a really important game. Uh, that's next Monday. I'll certainly be watching that. Good Monday night football, hopefully. Um, if maybe we're on, but well, it'll be on. I'm not sure, but it'll be that will be a really good game and such a huge, such a huge one. For, and for to be fair, they should be two points better off because they should have beat Brentford at the weekend. You know, they they they, they were they were doing so well up until Kayla Navas unfortunately spilled it into his own net. You know, I think it was a deflection off the post or something, wasn't it? And then Brentford got that winner, which. To be all intents and purposes, I thought Brentford had lost that game. So we probably shouldn't even be thinking about Nottingham Forest in that situation, but they are where they are. Um, it's always Fs and buts, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And that's where you start gaining momentum. If, if Forest have won that, that's suddenly two games in a row going into yeah. Southampton at home. You would you would probably bet yeah. on them to win. Now suddenly they've got this massive game at home Southampton, <clears throat> packed with pressure. Then go to Stamford Bridge, and then next you've got Arsenal at home. So I mean, everybody's taking points at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> I know, and that's what we're saying. So who knows? But like, you still obviously, I guess, regardless of how piss poor Chelsea are playing, God, sh- surely Chelsea have got to beat Nottingham Forest at home. So like, you, if that's why. Just looking at their games, I honestly think if they don't beat Southampton, I, I do think Forest will, will get relegated as well. Forest are, Forest are a funny one, aren't they? I, 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 I'm not going to tell you just yet who I think my, my bottom three is, um, but they're, they're not out of it. Jamie, one team that I think are definitely safe is Bournemouth, um, where they're two back-to-back wins. I, I, I'm going to give Graham... Um, I was with Graham as well on this. I know we, we make laugh and joke about it, but I didn't see the turnaround from, from Gary O'Neill um, and Bournemouth, but... You know, to go and beat Leeds 4-1 and, and, and to go and get a big win, obviously, midweek and 
you know, the results before that. I think they've got 15 points from April out of the seven games. So, um, you know, a lot of credit deserves to go down, but they're, yeah. they're, they're safe now. Yeah, and and I was I was I was listening to the radio earlier, and they were talking about potential managers of the season, and somebody threw in, um, you know, his name, and I had a wee chuckle. And but you know, when they kind of outlaid it, and they said that this is his first job, you know, to kind of he was he was pretty much I think um, his first game was the nine nil against against Liverpool, um, you know, early in the season to to kind of come back and bounce back the way they have. He's got. A right tune at them, and and the goal scorers at the weekend. I mean, we we've been highlighting that, you know, they, they spent money in the January window. I think they spent fifty million on two players. They've just started to kind of kick in now and started to kind of get goals, chip in. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Dominic Solanke because obviously his previous ties with Liverpool. Um, yeah, they, he's just getting a good he's, he's getting a good tune at them. Um, they're playing really good. You're banking on them actually getting a goal now when they play. It's not about whether they get the three points because you know, I think we said at the beginning, if you've got goals, you've got a chance. And Bournemouth have always had goals in them, in my opinion, so they've always had a chance. No, they've done they've, they've, they've done really well. And Graham, and I was <laughs> next one I want to touch on it is West Ham. Um, they're on 34 points. They're not out of it yet. I think one more win. Pretty much, I think I think they'll be all right. Um, but they, they have a couple of tough games. I think they go to the Etihad next, and then they're at home to to Man United. So uh, I think I've said I don't I don't expect them to go down. But listen, you you, you lose the next two, and and if Leicester or you know Leeds or Forest pick up a win, they're they're bang banging it as well. Yeah, I do think West Ham will be safe. Those next two games, yeah, absolutely honking. I just think they'll pick up points from now until the end of the season and it's a case of I don't see um, <clears throat> the four teams directly below them picking up more points to, to, to overtake West Ham and I think it's going to be one of those they'll be safe again because of just the lack of points maybe picked up by those four teams below them who um, all have pretty incredibly tough fixtures so I think West Ham will be okay I think they'll pick up points in their own right and I think with the, the semi-final, European semi-final, um, to look forward to what that's two two European semi-finals in a row as well, which is which is incredible. <laughs> I, I think if they can just survive the Premier League, short of maybe a final at Europe, yeah, I think it'll be hard for the fans not to be pretty happy and really push on next season. Hopefully, for them have a have a more solid season in the in the, the Premier League. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I, I do think they'll win the, the Conference League. And if Man you shoot straight into pot one of the Europa League. So from what could have been a horrific season actually turns into a um, a, a good one uh, for, for West Ham. But Jamie, only only a couple more things I, I want to touch on. The next one, is, is just very quickly, is Wolves. Um, they beat um, Palace, as we said earlier, last week, 2-0. Um, and you thought, right, they're, they're safe now. Their home form has kept them up. I think they will be OK, I think. They're, they're, they're another team with, with, with the points. I think they'll be okay. But a bit of a worry from that that performance that, you know, at Brighton, I know Brighton are doing really well. As you said earlier, they've rested a lot of players though and they conceded six, but it could have been eight or nine. And it was, you know, is that 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 type of result could really throw Wolves back into it as well. Yeah, I think you kind of said, I think Graham said it with the, when he was talking about West Ham, they probably just need one more result. They're sitting on 37 at the moment. Um, they've got two tough fixtures coming up. Um, I think they are, I think they're they're, they're playing Aston Villa and Man United 
Um, and then I think they're Arsenal in the last game of the season, but the second last game of the season, they are Everton. Um, and it's the same with West Ham game week 37. West Ham are at home to Leeds and Wolves are at home to Everton. It's going to be an absolute bonking weekend, that one, in terms of you know league placements. I think Wolves are just going to be looking for those extra three points just to, just to get them across the line. They probably take three points out of the next four games. That's it, and that'll be enough. I think it's the same for West Ham, and I think it'll be the same for a few of the teams that are just they just want to get that close to 40 points as they possibly can. But in reality, 36, 35 points probably keeps you up this season. I absolutely agree. I think, I think you, you give Leeds, Forest, any of them 34, 35 points, and they're, they're taking it. They'll take um, it, aren't they? Um, and it's one of them ones that's probably like, you know, 
going down probably resets them. It worked for Newcastle. It worked for Villa. It worked for West Ham. Not saying that, and I'm, I'm an advocate for it, but um, New Everton traditionally do shit throughout the season, and then when it comes to the the, the Anfield derby, they just they get a draw, and all of a sudden the season kicks into gear. So I'm sick or tired of fucking seeing that. To be fair, so um, yeah, we're quicker they're out the out the loop, the better. I got a question for you. Obviously, with the, going back to the Liverpool Spurs game, Diego Jota, red card or not red card? Not red card for me, Graham. Nah. Good. I knew I liked you too. Colin would probably. Who are your three teams, Mason? I didn't. I didn't catch it. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, eager to find out who you've who you've got relegated. I actually don't think he told us, did he? He didn't. He didn't uh, tell us. Uh, Southampton, Everton, and. I'm going to change my mind again. I'm going to go Leeds instead of Forest. <laughs> Keep changing it. <laughs> I'll change it again next Monday. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my three teams. That's who I, I was looking at it all day today. It's, fucking, it's a tough one. But uh, listeners, please please get in your bottom three um, and we can compare them at the end and laugh who, whoever's got them wrong, which will probably be me. But, but anyway, um, but as always, thanks for listening. Uh, take care.